Sometimes an animal eats an apple and the seeds pass through its body and grow into an apple tree. And sometimes it's just a pile of crap. You're listening to the podcast reviewing films that walk the fine line between passable and porn. We like to call these films Anus Apples. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of mature audience ages. My name is Chris. I'm the host here of Anus Apples. That's the show where we watch really bad movies and try to decide whether they have a seed of greatness or if they're just playing crap. I hope that you're all doing well, and I'm glad to have you all uh, with me for this very, very special episode of Anus Apples because today, today's film is one that is legendary in the realm of b-films and bad films and terribly made movies and we're gonna we're gonna get into that in a moment but first you may remember that uh, i i talk constantly about this being a value for value podcast and i just want to give a shout out once again to signs of new growth uh, 3,333 sat boost, and it came with a boostogram this time, so this is on Anus Apple's number four, Hobgoblins 2, and, uh, they said, yeah, I, I remember watching the first Hobgoblins on Mystery Science Theater 3000. Great show alongside, uh, of course, uh, now they're, they're known as riff tracks, but still the same, the same type of thing. And yeah, um, to give you an idea, my friends and I used to have a special holiday called Meat Day, where we would get together, spend literally probably eight to ten hours, eight to twelve hours, more like it, eating meat, drinking alcohol and watching really bad movies. And we basically had our own Mystery Science three Theater 3000. It was a ton of fun. We'd be laughing, crying, making fun of things. It was it was a good time. And this podcast is kind of a partial legacy to that. But that being said, uh, I do want to thank you, Signs of New Growth. Again, please, please check out Signs of New Growth. It's signsofnewgrowth.podbean.com. And I'm going to add Signs of New Growth to the value split on this episode. Now, yes, you can go to signsofnewgrowth.podbean.com, but I'm going to tell you right now the best place to do it instead is to go to newpodcastapps.com and find yourself a a new podcast app that will allow you to be able to give Signs of New Growth some some value for their music because let me tell you, I I just jumped on their Podbean uh, website very briefly and listened to a few clips and I don't know which way you're going to take this, but I mean it in the best possible way. I I consider the music style to be a little bit like Pink Floyd light. And why I say light is it's 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 not like a whole band. It's it's a couple of guys, you know. But the the guitars are really really upfront and center and very very well done. The vocals are well done and the way they do harmonies at times really kind of comes across with that Pink Floyd like sound. So that's why I say Pink Floyd light because it's not it's not as big of a production as Pink Floyd, obviously. But they've, they've got that kind of nostalgic type of uh, feel to them and uh, it, and a little bit folksy too. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Uh, it, it's got a little bit uh, almost of that protest era music sound to it. 
Uh, so you got the protest era mixing with Pink Floyd, and it's just, it, it's really great stuff. So please, do me a favor, go to either newpodcastapps.com and search for Signs of New Growth, or signsofnewgrowth.podbean.com. And no, I'm not always going to add everybody that sends me a boostergram in as a value split, but the reason why I want to do that for Signs of New Growth is because Signs of New Growth is out there on the podcastindex.social site. Uh, they're trying to get the uh, value for value music proposition going. They're putting their music out there for free and really hoping to get some value in return. And they've been a really big part of moving this podcasting 2.0 movement forward. So that's why I'm throwing you into this episode's value split. I will once again call you a producer of this show. Now, I mentioned earlier that this episode is going to be talking about a very special film that goes down in history. In fact, some call it the worst film of all time. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about none other than Plan 9 from Outer Space. The mysterious, the unexplainable, that is why you are here. And now, for the first time, we are bringing to you the full story of what happened on that fateful day. You believe there are such things as flying saucers, Colonel? Flying saucers, Captain, are still a rumor. resurrection of the dead. Have you attempted any of this plan as yet? Yes, Excellency. It's too bad it must be handled this way. You see? You see? Your stupid minds! Stupid! Stupid! My friend, can your heart stand the shocking facts about grave robbers from outer space. Now, I'll openly state, I don't know if that that was the original official trailer. It was marketed as the official trailer. The music sounded a little bit too new to be the official trailer, but uh, let me just, I'll, I'll give you the summary from Tubi here. Extraterrestrials invade the San Fernando Valley to stop humans from creating a doomsday device by reanimating the dead and causing total chaos. And I will say it is anything but total chaos. Um, now, first off, I have to give everybody some words of warning here. One, I have not watched of any of Ed Wood's other films, uh, Edward Wood Jr. to be specific. I have started watching a documentary about Plan 9 from Outer Space, 
and about uh, a variety of, you know, who he was. And I'm finding out some very interesting facts about him. Uh, This is a classic cult film of the 1950s, uh, early 60s, actually, 1959. So it's like right on that cusp of the 60s. And it's one of those films that I was expecting it to be a lot worse because it's always quoted as the worst film ever made. And I can tell you this much, having watched some of the things that I've watched, I could tell you for sure, it is not the worst film ever made. However, however, it, it, it does have its moments of camp and just not goodness. It's just not as bad as, to me as everybody makes it out to be. So, basic plot, uh, the, the movie opens up with a narrator who you will hear constantly throughout the entire film, except maybe, like, less in the last third or so. But you're going to find that the narrator really ends up telling you what's going on because they couldn't show and not tell. And I don't think that's because of budgets. Uh, necessarily, I think it's because the film is laid out in an out-of-order way, and it may partially do- be due to budgets anyway, but it opens up with this narrator talking about, okay, uh, you know, we're concerned about the future, and we're going to talk about this story from the future, which is actually from the past. Like, I- it was very confusing. But um, the narrator... <laughs> the narrator calls it Grave Robbers from Outer Space, and then the title is Plan 9 from Outer Space. I have no idea why that is. But anyway, after the narrator says his piece, we, we open up on the scene of a funeral, and uh, unfortunately, there's an old man played uh, partially by Bella Lugosi before, or Lugosi before he died, and then played by somebody else after he died. Uh, and they don't really hide it very well, Uh but his dead wife, played by Vampira, uh, was, was you know, just died of something. We don't really know what. But these there's an alien spacecraft. And, of course, now some people say, oh, the spaceships, the saucers look so bad. And I go, eh, actually, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool to see spaceships on a wire you know spaceships on fishing line it's really just uh endearing to me so i I like that but uh spaceship flies overhead and uh vampira comes out and ends up murdering the grave diggers who for some reason or another are either a digging a new hole even though there's already a grave dug or b they're very inept at filling in the hole that's there it was not shot very well um this then also brings us to danny and jeff who are pilots and they're flying nearby and they see this bright flash of light and uh you know they they see the alien spacecraft and uh and i gotta say their their airplane set is the most atrocious looking cockpit i have ever seen it's like they have these uh almost like half circles instead of like you know having having a proper yoke like like planes do it's like these half circles that are like made out of wood it's really bad you could tell that this was really really an absolute shoestring budget um and jeff of course tries to report the issue and the military tells him not to talk about it 
which we find out later. Uh, the old man that was married to Vampira, who is now back from the dead, but he doesn't know that, uh, he gets sad and depressed, and he he decides that uh, he's going to end his own life. And at least that's the way I take it. Like it, The narrator's like, oh, he no longer had any purpose to live in this world, and he walks off camera into a road, and uh, this is Bela Lugosi. Uh, and you just hear signs of, you hear sounds of like traffic, like screeching and whatnot. Uh, so basically from there, uh, we do cut back and forth, uh, from, you know, back to Captain Jeff. No, not airline pilot guy, Captain, Captain Jeff, although that is a great podcast. You should listen to it. Airline pilot guy dot com. I believe even so look for it. It's a great show. That being said, uh, you know, he's with his wife and they're talking about, you know, the the situation with the, the aliens and uh, they get forced down to the ground by this whoosh of air coming from the alien spacecraft as it comes back. This time, it, of course, raises Bela Lugosi uh, from the dead, the old man. And the old man gets buried and he gets risen from the dead. And for some reason, he's dressed like Dracula. I, I don't know why. Um, and the weird thing about this is throughout the rest of the movie, you only see Bella Lugosi in one scene. And this is a scene that supposedly takes place in the woods and it's him walking out of the woods and then walking back into the woods. And then any other time you see him, it's another guy just putting the cape, the Dracula cape over his face. Uh, so you can't tell that it's not Bella Lugosi, even though it, it isn't, um, but Bela Lugosi, Lugosi gets raised from the dead, and uh, the police are investigating because there are two, you know, dead grave diggers, and the inspector, who is not, uh, first of all, not very bright, but second of all, he, <laughs> oh gosh, instead, uh, he, he's not great at reading his lines, and you know, the, the, to give you an idea, uh, so the dead wife, the dead wife from the first guy, the old husband, uh, who is played by somebody else now from time to time, uh, you know, kind of shows up where this inspector is and the, the, the dead wife, Vampira attacks him and kills inspector clay. Um, and the, the person that finds him, the other person on the police force that finds him after he's shot off his gun a bunch of times, literally says, He's murdered, and someone is responsible. It's like, wait, what? Um, the next thing we see is that Saucer, and the narrator is saying this, Saucers are seen over Hollywood and Washington, D.C., and it's like, you see a bunch of them, and it's very unclear how many there actually are. Like, at one point later in the movie, it's like, oh, you have a force of three spaceships but in this scene it's meant to make it seem like there's a lot of spaceships and they they cut from this immediately to the army convoy moved into the field like wait wh where was this army convoy to begin with how did this army convoy get there when was this this thing mobilized and you don't know it's just like the narrator says oh this happened and you go wait well, well where's the setup here You're, there's supposed to be a setup I think this was a scene they actually just didn't get to film. That uh, they didn't get to set up the fact that there's uh, this this army 
that is aware of the UFOs, but then not able to actually admit there's UFOs because government. Um, and Colonel Tom Edwards makes the decision to fire missiles with at the aliens with no known hostile actions taken from the ship, at least according to the way that the film plays out. So at this point, our military is shooting at UFOs with no good reason to do so. Um, I did say the effects are dated, but amusing. Saucers on a wire, no impact of missiles or fighters on them. Um, and the colonel in this scene is clearly standing against just like a blank backdrop, holding binoculars and waving them back and forth and looking through them. This is clearly what the colonel does. But then after we tried to shoot down the UFOs, uh, another another soldier shows up and the colonel does some exposition and says that the military attempted radio contact and then the aliens attacked the town and that's why they shot at the at the spaceships but i go but wait we we didn't see any attempted radio contact from the aliens to dc and vice versa we never saw that so it's like they're retconning the story as they go it's it's like oh this stuff happened you just didn't see it and it's like well no and the higher echelons covered up the story about the aliens attacking a town. And you go, well, wait, but that's the other story that's going on. So how was it covered up? It's not over. So the higher echelons covered it up, which is why nobody heard about it. Uh, I'm sorry to say, but e- even the way that the news worked back then, you're, you're not going to hear about some small, like even if it's San Bernardino or wherever it's at, what was it? San Bernardino, San, San something. Um, darn it. Uh, San Fernando, sorry. San Fernando, Hollywood, that area. Yeah, yeah, but you still wouldn't have had news travel that fast regardless, so it doesn't really make sense. Um, then we cut to the aliens meeting up with their supreme leader, and the aliens are claiming that they attempted to contact the government, but our government refuses to acknowledge their existence. And, and so... Because we refuse to acknowledge their existence, um, their plan is we are going to raise the dead because then the humans will believe that we exist and will listen to us. Because, sure. Um, and one of the lines that was a throw, the earth creature souls are too controlled. What, what does that even mean? I, I don't get it, but they decide they're going to use plan nine, which is to raise the dead. And they, I'm like, why is this a good plan? What superior race would think to themselves, huh? You know what would be great? What we'll do is we'll convince the humans that we're powerful and wise beyond their years by raising their dead. It just makes no sense. Um... And they use electrode guns to st- electrode guns to stimulate the pituitary glands of the dead, and that's what brings them back. And they end up bringing back, uh, by the way, the inspector as well, which I didn't really touch on, but they do bring back the inspector later on as well. Anyway, pilot Jeff has to go off flying, so bye bye wife, bye Paula. But it's touching. He he's concerned for his wife. He tells her to lock the door, and she's a bit snarky back. She's like, "Well, maybe if you're nice enough, I'll lock the side door too." But um, she locks the doors, you know. And of course, they cut to Jeff and Danny, the pilots, sitting in the 
cockpit and Danny starts hitting on the flight attendant, which is uh, dated but amusing. Um, the dead old man then breaks into Jeff's wife's house because why not? And she decides the best bet when encountered with a living dead body is to run towards the graveyard. Why not run towards town? I don't know. Uh, this is when the inspector gets reanimated and, uh, I asked at the time, wasn't, why wasn't the inspector buried in a coffin? It doesn't matter. Someone stops and picks up Jeff's wife because they see that, uh, they see that, you know, she's, she's flipped out, uh, you know, uh, be after being chased by the dead and it's, it's just, it, 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 it makes absolutely no sense and then eventually the aliens come back but the aliens are not allowed to have so they come back but they're not allowed to have as many ships uh so he's only allowed to have one ship and the the you know the colonel ends up in the town where the aliens are now even though we didn't know that the military was so the military colonel is called in his boss tells him that uh the military has been in contact with the aliens for a long time and they've just translated their alien language and i'm sitting there going like wait and then it's like oh the the saucer is coming back so colonel edwards you got to go to this town and it's like okay so the alien leader ends up taking ships away from the aliens that land on the planet. So he only has his one ship. They've only raised three dead people with three ships, which makes no sense uh, th that you've only raised three dead people at this point. Um, so at this point, the aliens decide that they, they want to get these, these men. The men have seen the ship. Uh, so the inspector's there. Or not the inspector, sorry. The colonel's there. The police, the current police leader is there. And Captain Jeff are there now. And they're all in the graveyard trying to figure out what's going on. They figure out there's a ship. And they're allowed to come in. And meanwhile, the dead inspector is sent out to the car to get the woman. And he knocks out the police officer guarding her, even though he's supposed to be bringing them back. And this is just really amusing. So they ask the alien leader... Uh, not the supreme leader, but the one on the ship. Why do you want to contact our world leaders? And he says, because of death. Because all of you of Earth are idiots. And I will say that this makes sense for the time period. They, they did talk about the escalation of weapons, their prediction um, about... Uh, you know, they, they talked about how first we started with firecrackers and then we end up creating the atom bomb. And now we're going to create a weapon using photons that's going to take out the entire universe, basically. Um, and the <laughs> Captain Jeff says, well, that would make our country stronger. Very thick headed. And the alien commander just starts yelling about how stupid we are over and over again. You're stupid. You're all stupid. You're all stupid. I'm like, really? Um, the policeman that got knocked out earlier calls for backup backup comes they knock out the undead inspector um and it's just they end up trying the aliens end up trying to turn on the electrodes to stimulate the dead people more to attack but now the equipment's all blowing up because the humans shot the equipment up and uh then in the end, the ship catches on fire. The the uh, the guy that's in charge of the ship, you know, is is dead. 
or like laying on the ground and his his female assistant takes off and they show the model spaceship on fire which is amazing and then the ship explodes and the narrator returns and claims we might pass by someone from outer space while we walk home from the theater and not even know it and that is essentially the plot whew okay so uh with the five minutes or so I have left, I'm just going to say that this was not nearly as bad as several other films I've already watched for this podcast. I will tell you straight out. This is not a terrible movie. It's just terribly put together. And somebody actually from uh, No Agenda Social commented saying, it's not a bad film. It's a good film filmed badly. And this is true. They didn't have the money to get somebody you know that looked like Bela Lugosi so they because he died he died and he was a classic horror film actor and so they had some guy replace him and put his cape over his face you know um I think that the film itself suffers more from an editing issue than anything else I think if they had put the scenes in a different order it would have made more sense like, and there are clearly scenes that should have been there that weren't. Like, there should have been a scene of the military trying to communicate, like receiving the alien signal and not knowing how to understand it and having to figure out how to translate it. Um, the, you know, there should have been a scene of the military mobilizing once they found thought that things were threatening. And there was a lot of times where you could have put one scene in front of another rather than after it and then turn around and say, in retrospect, this is what actually is happening previously. It's like, instead of saying what happened previously, why don't you put the scene first and th then put it or add some exposition other than the narrator to explain what's going on. Uh, Ed Wood heavily, heavily relied on the narrator for this movie. There's there's no way that you would understand what's going on 100% without that narrator. And even then, it gets really absurd and confusing at times. Now, granted, the whole thing's absurd. The acting is, you know, over-the-top, camp, black-and-white acting, you know? Um... One of the things I thought of at one point was that Paula, the the Jeff's wife, took this really well. She was attacked by the undead, and then uh, the 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 military guy shows up, and they're just sitting at the house chatting about how she was abducted. Like no post traumatic stress, nothing. It's just like, well, this is what it was like. And I go, lady, like if I were you, I'd be hysterical. That makes no sense. But overall. I just have to say that this film is not nearly as bad as it has a reputation for, especially given some of the stuff that's out there now. Um, I understand why uh, at the time it was considered a poor film because it's not very well organized. Y you have a lead actor that was replaced with who knows who. I'm sure it's listed there, but still. like, And they don't even make effort to make it seem seamless they just have the guy cover his face with a cape it's not even it's like ah oh, well we gotta finish the film that's what he would have wanted you know um so yeah that's plan nine from outer space i would say that you know it's not that bad it's worth watching and whether it's a seed of greatness or not here's the deal i i have some cave caveats I don't know how to pronounce that. Whatever. I have I have some stipulations here. One, 
I have not seen any of Ed Wood's other movies. Two, I have not seen a ton of the classic black and white B films that this is in the genre of. So I don't have a lot of points of comparison. But I am going to, with those provisions, give this film a seed of greatness if for nothing else than for its cult longevity and for it being what Ed Wood considered to be his uh his favorite film and uh you know his his most treasured accomplish accomplishment and uh so i have to give it a seed of greatness because if it was all that bad then why is it still so well known even today why is it that it has staying power in an era where we have all sorts of high-tech special effects. We have all sorts of movies that are worse than it that I guarantee you could be considered the worst movie of all time over this. But at the same time, it it endures. It endures somehow. So I have to give it a seat of greatness. Speaking of enduring, uh, thank you for enduring through this podcast. If you like what you're hearing, this is a value-for-value podcast. What does that mean? It means if you get any value out of this i would appreciate you showing some value in return this could be a review on your favorite podcast app it could be sending feedback feedback at anusapples.com or it could also mean doing what signs of new growth did which is tossing me some satoshis via a boostergram or streaming sats using a new podcast app from newpodcastapps.com just look for an app that 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 supports you know value slash funding and you are ready to go uh signs of new growth uses the fountain app so fountain is uh the app that i keep getting uh the the satoshis from signs of new growth from and it's a uh, it, it it's I've never used the app, but I'm guessing it's a pretty good option. So that's it for this episode of Ana's Apples. I hope that you all get to take a delicious bite out of life and get to experience some of these films. And in the meantime, I wish you all the best, and we'll see you next time for another Ana's Apple. Take care.